Welcome to Mindfully Well, your place to get the tools and tips you need to connect to a deeper sense of wellness, naturally and simply. This podcast is for change-seeking women who are curiously devoted to their health and ultimately having a positive impact on the world around them. I'll be diving into everything that can help us live mindfully well, one episode at a time. I'm your host, Haley. Hello, and welcome to episode 14 of the Mindfully Well podcast. I am so happy to be here because it is 2020, and it's a new year. I've actually taken like a month and a half off from the podcast, if you haven't noticed, because the holidays, because travel, because I am in school right now, and I've got a lot going on. So, we're back. And today, we're going to be talking about evening and morning routines, sleep quality and sleep hygiene, and how to improve nights and mornings for more energy, more balanced days, and ultimately just feeling better as a human. I know that sleep is hard for a lot of us. I asked a bunch of you on Instagram recently what your morning routines are like, what you wish your mornings were like, and how could you get there, like any questions you had for me. So that's where this podcast is coming from. It's coming from you all and what I know and what I've learned about my own sleep cycle and my own habits and routines around evenings and mornings. So at the very end of this episode, I'm going to share a little workbook with you to help you figure all of this stuff out. Um, It's got some like tracking sheets and some like fill in the blank stuff to help you understand what might be interfering with your sleep habits and your nighttime routine and some tips on how to improve those things so you can start to feel more energized and balanced. So to start, I want to share a little bit about my story and my old routine and my new routine and how I've gotten from A to B, basically, because I've come a long way in my sleep habits and my night and morning routine, and I didn't really know I needed what I need now, (laughs) but uh, let me explain. Okay, so my old routine went like this. I used to wake up at 5 a.m., head to the gym for two and a half hours. You all, I don't even really like working out in this way, but I was kind of forcing myself to do it because I was being healthy and doing all the things and checking all the boxes, right? Um, I'm actually going to record another episode about healthy habits versus healthy being or doing healthy stuff versus actually being and feeling healthy. That'll come later. But that episode has also been inspired by this because it's really easy to check a bunch of boxes and say you're doing healthy stuff and still not feel optimal in your body and in yourself. So anyway, that's what I was doing. I was going to the gym for two and a half hours. I would then run home, get ready for work because I had my nine to five job back then. And I would make a huge breakfast like egg whites and sweet potatoes and grapefruit and coffee and a smoothie and all of this stuff that was checking off my healthy person to-do list. Um, And then I would rush to the office. So another thing about myself is I quite like getting ready in the morning. Like I like to shower, do my hair, put cute cute to me clothes on, whatever that may be that day. But I like to get ready and be ready for the day. 
Um, and I like to do this all before leaving the house. And I've gotten a little more flexible in my ways, but back then I was very adamant about getting completely ready, doing all this gym and breakfast stuff. And, you know, by the time my morning had even begun, I'd been up for like four hours doing all of this stuff. So I was doing all the right things, but I didn't feel great. Like I felt, ugh, I felt like bloated. I felt groggy. I felt sluggish in the middle of the day. Like I felt all of the things that kind of hit you midday. I would imagine this is what hit me midday whenever I was trying to do all of this stuff. And I didn't understand because I was being healthy. Like I was doing all of the stuff to equate to healthy person. But one problem that I did have was I wasn't going to bed until like after midnight, maybe one or two. It was really bad. I had a really unhealthy relationship with sleep. And I, I've had a really unhealthy relationship with sleep for most of my life. I remember as a kid, I would stay up super, super late, just laying in bed, like staring at the ceiling or watching TV or whatever the case may be, because I couldn't quite get myself to relax and go to bed. And I don't know why that is necessarily. Um, I've gotten a lot better about it since I've adapted my environment and changed my habits. But being a night owl has always been a thing that I identified with for a long time. So it was really hard for me to understand that being a night owl and waking up at 5 a.m. was not good for me. I was only getting a few hours of sleep and ultimately my body was trying to compensate in other areas. So I eventually realized this about myself and I stopped going to the gym at 5 a.m. for two or three hours. Um, I realized it wasn't working. I also stopped eating breakfast and this is my own personal journey. I am not recommending or telling you to do any type of fasting. I think this is a very personal matter and you need to understand how your body works for yourself. But for me, eating a huge breakfast was not benefiting me throughout the day. I felt very sluggish. I felt very full. And then I couldn't quite tune into when I was actually hungry because I was just putting food in my mouth first thing in the morning. So we can also talk about fasting in a different episode, but that's also a very subjective and personal journey and you should definitely see a healthcare professional if you're thinking about experimenting with any type of fasting and you have no idea why or what or how. So I did a lot of research and I was learning a lot about myself during this process. So for me, I stopped eating breakfast. I stopped I stopped killing myself by going to the gym and waking up at 5 a.m. every morning. Um, eventually, I quit my 9 to 5 job and Again, this is my story, so I know that's not possible for a lot of people, but whenever I quit my 9-to-5 job at the end of October in 2018, was it 18 or was it nine, or 17? I can't, was it 2017? Yeah, November 2017. Anyway, so at the end of 2017, I started sleeping through the night, so going to bed at a normal time and waking up when my body wanted to wake up because I didn't have to be anywhere at a certain time. And over the course of two months, I think November and December, I had lost eight pounds. And I only realized this because I used to obsessively weigh myself because I also obsessively went to the gym and checked all of these boxes. So I knew how much I weigh. I've always known how much I've weighed by feeling like through my body and how how I feel like you can tell when you've gained a few pounds and that's totally normal throughout a month but I noticed that I felt really light 
like light for me. Like I'd always felt like this kind of heaviness of carrying the burden of doing all this stuff. And I started to feel lighter and not so bloated and inflamed and just poofy. Like I just felt like I was finally coming into myself and it felt really good. So I started digging into why. Why had I lost eight pounds? What was going on? Nothing in my life had changed really except for eliminating the high stress of my job, obviously. Um, not pushing myself to go work out when I didn't feel like it. Not pushing myself to eat just because I had just woken up because I didn't feel like it. So I changed some of my habits and I also started sleeping really, really well and like eight hours a night. So mainly, you know, I had a lot of big shifts in my life that helped with this change in my body, but I couldn't believe it. Whenever I backtracked and looked at everything, I hadn't changed the foods that I was eating necessarily. And I actually, so I guess my timeline is a little confusing right now because I stopped going to the gym and eating breakfast. Well, no, I stopped eating breakfast probably in like early 2017, like, or right at the end of 2016. And then I stopped going to the gym in 2016 or the very beginning of 2017, I guess. And I didn't quit my job until the end of 2017. So there was a, a whole year-long period of where I was, like, adjusting and changing these habits and stopping to push myself. Like, I didn't do it all overnight, right? That's what I'm trying to say is that I didn't just stop everything overnight. But the last thing that shifted for me was when I quit my job and started sleeping well. And that's when I lost, like, eight pounds and started feeling more myself, and more coherent and able to function in life without feeling so sluggish. So quitting my job and actually sleeping more is kind of like the tipping point in which I experienced myself as optimal and healthy and able to exist. So I look back through all my journals and I realized this and it was basically a beautiful combination of sleeping and minimizing stress in my life. So now my mornings look like waking up naturally most of the time. Um, I mentioned I'm in school, so I have to wake up early some days to get to school on time. But for the most part, I wake up right before my alarm, which feels really good because I don't feel that terrible, alarming, literally, sense of being woken up by an alarm. But so I wake up naturally. I get to bed early, which is one of the key pieces to actually getting enough sleep is go to bed early. Um, I turn off my alarm as soon as it goes off and I don't pick up my phone again. Like I turn it off, I grab my journal, I grab my glass of water, and I go downstairs because our bedroom is upstairs. So logistics. But anyway, so as I'm writing and kind of waking up, I don't flip all the lights on. I don't turn music on. Like I don't do anything to disrupt my awakening process. I just grab my journal, start making coffee, and I write out any dreams that I had and anything that's on my mind. Finish making my coffee, drink my coffee, keep writing, sit for a while and just think and just be so I don't really rush anything. And then once I'm done with my kind of waking up process and writing and drinking my coffee, go upstairs, take a shower. And then depending on what day of the week it is, I start on my client work or I go to school. So just depends on the day of the week but I typically leave at minimum like 
on a really rushed day, honestly. A rush day would be like 45 minutes to an hour of me time in the morning where I'm not doing anything except for waking up and kind of writing and drinking my coffee. But on non-busy days, I like to spend close to two hours doing that. So it just depends. And I understand my schedule is a lot different from other people's and totally get it. But you can also go to bed earlier so that you can wake up earlier to have enough time to do whatever you want to do with your day. So that's kind of my two extremes, right? Like I used to be super checklisty, obsessed with all of this healthy stuff, and now I just wake up and I flow into my day, and I am much more at ease, I am way more balanced, I am way happier, and I am ultimately, like, from an obvious perspective, healthier. I am much healthier from my own personal experience and by my way of existing in the world, like I don't have crazy symptoms or sluggishness or grogginess or whatever. So I am definitely healthier and I feel better. So it wasn't easy getting here. Like I said, I it took me, you know, over a year to kind of drop all of the habits that weren't working for me anymore. But I did it and I'll never go back to <laughs> killing myself to check off all those boxes to work out and do all of the stuff. It wasn't working for me. So the whole question with this episode is, how can you find what works for you? And how can you ultimately craft a routine day and night to help yourself feel like the best you? Whatever that looks like, like doesn't have to look like my routine at all. Probably won't, honestly. But that's what we're here to do today. So a question to ask yourself would be, how is your sleep schedule right now and what is your quality of sleep? So you've all probably heard that you should get seven to nine hours of sleep and there's always this, for me, it felt like there's always this big heavy pressure of like, oh God, if I don't get eight hours of sleep, I, I messed up. Like I screwed up. I, I always felt like I was failing if I couldn't check that box, which it's a trend for me. I'm, I am much more relaxed now, but I used to be a very heavy box checker. So... Interestingly enough, I believe, and from what I've been reading, I don't have any links to share with you, but what we should be aiming for, or the goal, there's no should really, life changes every day, but the aim can be to be in bed for eight hours a night slash morning. So that doesn't mean you have to be asleep for exactly eight hours to like be the best sleeper possible, because that's what it feels like to me whenever someone says you have to do a thing, but instead aiming for eight hours in bed, then that ensures that you're getting probably seven-ish hours of sleep, which is way better than three or four, like I was getting when I'd wake up at 5 a.m. So aim for eight hours in bed and allow yourself to kind of have some flexibility around adjusting your sleep schedule and not pushing yourself to feel so um, good or bad if you accomplish a thing or not. So <laughs> I think that's a relief. Eight hours in bed versus eight hours of sleep feels way better to me. So how is your sleep schedule now and what's your quality of sleep is something to ask yourself. And then how might you put more attention on your sleep habits and start to improve them? So whatever yours look like and the workbook that I'm going to share with you will help you kind of get clear on what your sleep schedule and your habits are like. But start thinking about how you can improve them slowly 
over a long period of time. You don't have to flip a switch and change everything overnight. That likely won't work. Um, it might work for some people, but take it slow and just start to think about some small things that you can do now to start shifting toward your more ideal routine. Um, you can also think about the biggest challenges you face when you try to go to bed or when you're waking up. Like maybe you snooze your alarm five times and then you're late and you're behind and doesn't sound like a like um, like a lovely way to start your day. So maybe that's a challenge for you or maybe you have really bad insomnia and you can't get to sleep at night. Whatever your challenges are, start to think about those. And then a good action item right now is to think about what can you do tonight to get a good night's sleep? Like just tonight, focus on today. Don't think about the rest of your life, but if you can start to take it day by day and give yourself some space and ease to not make every day perfect or every day like whatever your mindset is around sleep, um, it starts to become a little more enjoyable. So uh, next I'm going to walk you through the workbook that I have for you and just share some of the tips and reasons why that tips are in there. So think about these questions. Think about your quality of sleep, the challenges you have, and what you can do tonight. And then you can go download the workbook and start to get a little more, more clear on all this stuff. Okay, so the workbook is called Good Nights and Mornings, Sleep and Morning Routine Workbook for More Balanced Days. You can get it over on my website, down below in the description in the show notes. And if you sign up for my Well Weeks newsletters, you'll also get it there. So you can't miss it, you guys. And if you're having trouble downloading, just shoot me an email and let me know. But this workbook is basically designed to help you get more clear on your habits and your routine and how you would like your mornings and nights to look and feel. So the first page we start to dive into the nighttime routine and thinking about your schedule and assuming you have like a normal, like you work during the morning and day and then you're off at night or whatever schedule, um, you can shift this depending on your actual work schedule. But the book says after 9 p.m. what does your night consist of? So in this section, you'll list out everything that you do after 9 p.m. on a regular night. And there's no right or wrong answer. Like, this is your workbook, you guys. So, like, you can't mess up and no one's going to see your answers. Um, but start to, like, write down what your evenings look like. So if you're on Facebook or Instagram or you're watching Netflix or you're out drinking with friends, like, whatever the case is, whatever you're doing, um, write down all those habits and, like, the time frames in which you're probably doing them. So anything you're doing after 9 p.m., think about when you stop doing them. So maybe you watch Netflix until like 11. Cool. Write that down, and then you'll know like, oh, if I want to wake up earlier, I should probably stop watching Netflix earlier in the night. Great. Cool. Doesn't mean you have to like cancel your Netflix subscription at all. It just means you might want to make some different choices around how and when you're watching. So that's the first section. List out everything you do after 9 p.m., and then below that, there's like a little, on a scale of 0 to 7 type of chart or whatever. I don't know what it's called. Um, like a scale. 
that says, how many days a week do you participate in the following after 9 p.m.? So this might help you if you couldn't really think of anything in the box above or you could only think of a few things. This section can also help you understand like how often you're doing stuff. So I'm sure you've heard it a trillion times. Don't use your phone after a certain, a certain time at night because of the blue light and turn off your TV because of the light and your circadian rhythm. Um, don't eat like three hours before you go to bed. Drinking alcohol close to going to bed can affect your sleep and your health. Um, and then like exercising really intensely at night can also keep you up later. And then like bedtime stuff. So there are some things in here to help you understand how often you might be doing these things. And if you're doing them like once a week, cool. Maybe that's totally fine for you and it doesn't affect your schedule. But this might help you understand like, oh, I'm on my phone every night at 11 p.m., scrolling through Instagram because I'm bored and whatever the case is. Um, so yeah, that's your second part of page one. And then we go down to page two, which is bedtime tracking. So again, no right or wrong answer. This is just kind of your time in bed. This isn't your sleep tracking. So every night for seven days, when you go to bed and like you have no phone and no TVs on and all of that stuff, you lay in bed, and what I do, honestly, is I grab a book, and I have, like, a salt lamp next to my bed on the table. So, like, there's light in my room, but it's a soft, nice light, and I read a book for a while until I'm tired. So, write down your time in bed, whatever that is, and then when you wake up, and you get out of bed when you wake up, write down what time that was. So, this will help you start to see if you're hitting that eight-hour mark or what's going on with your actual bedtime, sleep time, wind down time routine, <laughs> however you want to call it. So then the third page is about morning routine. So like we did with the nighttime routine, this one is all about what do your mornings consist of. So this is listing everything you do when you wake up. So maybe you snooze your alarm five times, or maybe you get up and go to the bathroom, or you drink water, or you jump in the shower and rush out the door. Whatever your mornings look like right now, just write all of that down so that you know like where you're starting from and what you want to improve on. So again, no right or wrong answer, just actual factual information about what's happening right now. And then below that, again, you'll find another like scale of 0 to 7 on how many days a week do you participate in the following within the first two hours of waking up. So if you wake up at 6 a.m., think about these items in regard to from 6 to 8 a.m., do you get on your cell phone every day as soon as you wake up? Do you start watching TV and distracting yourself with whatever whatever's going on? Or is that something you really enjoy and it's part of your morning? There are two lenses that you can look at this from if watching the morning news is part of your routine and you actually really enjoy it and it brings you actual joy, um, that's great. Keep doing it. But if it adds stress to your life or anxiety or makes you start think like forward thinking about things that you don't necessarily need to be thinking about yet, then maybe you cut back a little bit. It just depends. It depends on how it makes you feel. Um, eating is also a question here. Maybe you're eating right away and maybe you could wait an hour. Like maybe you could give your body some time to wake up and listen and actually feel hungry um, if that's something you're interested in or if you need to eat when you wake up. Great, awesome. 
start thinking about what you're eating when you when you wake up. Because maybe you're eating something that doesn't make you feel as energized and you could shift to a different type of food. Um, just depends. So there's also rushing out the door. So if you're rushing out the door and that feels very anxiety provoking for you, you might want to think about how you can shift, right? How you can start to adjust your mornings to not have to rush as quickly or as soon as you wake up. And then exercise and intense activity. Um, depending on your schedule and your preferences, I believe it's said that you sh if you work out earlier in the day, it's better than working out at night, right? Because at night you're keeping yourself awake and you're activating your body when it wants to be winding down. Um, and then there's also a section called you time, which I'm huge on me time, obviously, but journaling, sitting in stillness, reflecting, contemplation, whatever that might look like, I believe we all need that in our days, period. <laughs> like there's so much going on all the time and there's so much noise and so much stuff happening in our days. Stillness and contemplation is crucial. And I, I can't think of anyone who would disagree with me on that one. Stillness is a good thing, you guys. So think about that and think about what form might serve you best. And then our last page is wake time tracking. So this is, you know, you can use one page for this or you can do your wake time on this page and write wake time, 6 a.m., slept like crap, crazy dreams, or slept great, can't remember my dreams, whatever, but just write down a few notes about your wake time and if you snoozed your alarm, if you got right up, if you feel rested when you wake up, etc. And then page five is all about your ideal routine. So on this page, you're going to be crafting a routine that works for you, only you, no one else. Um, however you want your routine to look, it asks what time would you like to go to bed each night? What is one thing you could do each night to help yourself wind down? And what's one thing you can stop doing? So if you look at all this stuff and you just pick one thing that you want to stop doing, it's way easier than trying to like overturn the entire thing and like throw everything out at once. So just pick the, the big main challenge and start to work on that. And then over time, everything will shift and you can start to incorporate more of the things you want to stop doing without feeling so overwhelmed. And then same goes for mornings. What does your ideal morning look like? What does your ideal morning routine make, make you feel like? So when you're thinking about all this stuff, I invite you to ask, how does it feel? And how do I want to feel? Because ultimately, you might be doing a thing like I was back in the day whenever I was going to the gym and accomplishing all this stuff and checking it off. And ultimately, I didn't feel good. I felt exhausted. I felt so freaking exhausted that I, I was having a battle with myself because I, I was thinking, I'm so healthy. I'm, so, I'm doing all this stuff. I'm, I'm healthy. And then my mind and my body was saying, oh my god, I'm exhausted. What the hell's happening? Why are you draining me like this? So ask yourself how it feels and listen. And then you can think about one thing you want to stop doing each morning. Maybe it's picking your phone up immediately. Maybe you wait an hour or whatever the thing is, um, you can start to pick here. And the last page is a simple cheat sheet of ways to help you improve your routine. So I've got a night section and a morning section here, and I'll just read through them for you and share a little bit of information about why I put these things on the list. And 
you can pick and choose which ones you want to implement, basically. So regarding nighttime, one thing that I just did that I don't know why I never thought of before, but I thought was brilliant and really simple was buying an outlet timer that I put into my like wall outlet that my router goes into. So basically our router goes off automatically at a certain time and then it'll turn back on at 8 a.m. or whatever. So from 10 to 8 a.m., it's like no internet in the house type of thing. And you know, you can change the times based on your schedule and what you want to be happening. But it's kind of like um, the night shift mode if you have an iPhone. I'm not sure how other phones work, but on the iPhone you can set your automatic like night shift to happen where your blue light dims, like where your screen turns kind of orange and then your phone goes on do not disturb for a certain time frame. So I have my phone to do that automatically and now our router does that as well. So those are two ways to kind of force yourself off of technology and digital stuff without without having to like think about it. And it makes it a little bit easier to unplug, literally, which is essential, you guys. We need to unplug often. Um, yeah, so another tip with that, Wi-Fi slash router timer thingy called an outlet timer I think but the one that your router will plug into get one of those um, set your cell phone to go into night mode or whatever setting you have on your phone is really helpful um, plugging your phone in across the room or if you have an alarm clock putting your phone in another room completely at night one we're keeping all of the Wi-Fi out of our systems during this time which is important and also we're taking away like the compulsion to grab our phones and grab our devices. So we all know about, well, I don't want to say we all know, but I would assume that a lot of you know about like blue light stuff and blue light blockers and the effect that, the effects that blue lights have on our systems. So it suppresses melatonin and it keeps us up longer basically. And then just the whole EMF stuff with having this much Wi-Fi technology near our bodies is not healthy. And I don't have any quotes or articles to quote, I mean, but um, the effects of this technology being so close to our organs and our bodies is actually having an impact on them. So the more you can keep your phone and your devices away from you, especially in times when you're sleeping and your body's restoring itself, is good. It's better than not, you guys. So there's one thing. Well, there's three things you can do. Um, get blackout curtains and sleep in a quiet, cold, pitch black room. So the curtains will keep your room cool and keep the sun from coming in in the morning. Um, it'll keep your room really dark, which helps you sleep better. And a cool room is better for you because it helps you sleep longer. It's supposed to be like an anti-aging thing. There's a lot of like um, biohacking stuff around sleeping in a cold room, but basically it sets the scene for like your body to realize that it's bedtime, it's time to relax, and you can start to like produce melatonin and serotonin and have nice quality sleep. So, cold, dark, cold, dark, what did I say? <laughs> Quiet room. Um, I don't have a TV in my room. I recommend you not having a TV in your room or else you just feel like you can turn it on if you can't sleep. Um, that's up to you, but I, I don't recommend having a TV in the room. You can also get a weighted blanket, which helps to 
reduce anxiety and help you feel more calm. Um, I don't necessarily like a weighted blanket. Chandler has one. I tried it once and I felt trapped. So <laughs> they have different weights depending on your body size and composition and all of that. Um, I just sleep with like two blankets and that works for me. But you can get a weighted blanket or just layer some nice blankets to kind of cozy you into bed. Um, nighttime tea is really great to help you fall asleep. There are a ton of different brands out there. Be sure to research the quality of the tea, the quality of the brand, and what you're actually drinking. Um, I'll share my favorite in the show notes. You can also, at night, write down all of the thoughts that you have running through your head and kind of recap your day so that you can go to bed without any lingering thoughts or questions or ideas in your head. I always keep my journal well with me next to my bed. I take it downstairs in the morning. I take it everywhere with me. So um, having a journal that you can kind of take with you everywhere is nice. But you can also keep like a dream journal and a nighttime journal by your bed and then a daily thoughts journal, like a small journal in your pocket for ideas. Just depends. But um, yeah, I like to write out everything in my journal so it's out of my head and I can sleep well. You can also practice gratitude, uh, meditate, pray, or sit in stillness before bed just to kind of help yourself calm and relax and set the tone for a good night's sleep. Taking an Epsom salt bath is a wonderful way to wind down and relax. I love salt baths. I'll share my favorite salt company with you that my doctor actually recommended to me. Um, apparently there's some really crappy salts out there, like poorly sourced salts. So you want to make sure you're getting a really high quality salt because your body absorbs a lot of that in the bath. Um, like I said, I have a salt lamp, so you could get a salt lamp next to your bed. Um, aim to be in bed for eight hours a night and plan for tomorrow in the evening so that you can have a smooth morning and you can have a smooth start to your day. So I like to sit down and think about, okay, what do I need to do tomorrow? What meetings do I have? What classes do I have? And then I can feel a little more confident, confident about what's coming up. So the mornings list is a little shorter and you can customize it depending on how you want your mornings to feel and be. But a good rule of thumb is to get out of bed when you wake up. So when your alarm goes off or when you wake up naturally, just go ahead and get up. Don't lay in bed or stay or I have a habit of doing that a lot. Um, I like to stay in bed for a while and I never feel as good when I do that. So if I get up and get out of bed, I start to wake up faster and I start to kind of shift into a more easeful day versus when I try to stay in bed for a little bit and then I feel very off. So that works for me. You can try it too. Um, as soon as I wake up, I write down all of my dreams because I have a lot of dreams, a lot of really vivid dreams. So I write them down and kind of get them out of my head so I'm not trying to figure them out all day. And then... Um, I think I said this earlier, but like going easy on like lights and noise in the morning. So think about like you're waking up, it's calm, it's quiet, it's easeful. Um, we have like dimmer lights on our light switches, which is really cool. But if you don't have those, you could just like turn on a lamp versus turning on all of the ceiling lights. But just go slow and see if that helps you kind of wake up easier and feel feel more balanced in the day versus like flipping everything on and turning TVs and radios on and kind of like shocking your nervous system. That seems, ugh, that's terrifying for me. I don't like that. Um, so maybe you try that. And I think a good thing to remember here is 
thinking about nature and animals and us without technology, right? So way back when, not that long ago actually, people would go to bed as the sun fell and then wake up right before the sun came up. And that was the natural rhythm of sleep and wake cycle. And we've completely broken that by having electricity and having technology and we could stay up for days if we wanted to. Won't feel good. But um, the cycles used to be a little more simple. And now we have a lot of other things interrupting us and kind of taking us away from that natural sundown and sun up type of cycle. So I'm actually going to record a podcast soon about going off the grid and tapping back into this cycle of sundown and sun up. So that's coming soon. But it's really interesting to go into the woods and go camping or go stay in a cabin and experience this firsthand so that when you come home and you see the sun going down, you start to realize like, ooh, maybe I'll turn a few of these lights off and I'll start to shift into night mode as well. But it's hard to understand that until you like go off the grid or like experience it with the sun and then realize like how opposite our lives are on a daily basis with electricity and televisions and phones and internet and all of that. So start shifting with the sun and see how that helps you. And well, also I live in Seattle, so the sun goes down at like 4.30 right now. And I'm not going to bed at 4.30, obviously, but there is something to be said about shifting into a slower mindset and a slower mode and letting winter be winter, right? Like we have a really great way of living in like summer mindset and being on all the time and go, go, go. But we have seasons for a reason, LOL, that rhymes. (laughs) We have seasons for a reason and it's good to go with your seasons and slow down in the winter and then allow yourself to be a little more active in the summer or whatever the case is. Um, It all exists for a reason and plants and animals adhere to it for a reason and they've been doing it for a very long time. So taking cues from nature is always really helpful. Um, Another thing you can do is to stop drinking caffeine after like noon each day. I try to have one cup of coffee. If I have to, I can definitely feel it. So paying attention to your caffeine consumption and when it's happening during the day, that could just be why you're not sleeping well, depending on what you're drinking and how much you're drinking of it. But paying attention to caffeine intake and then also, again, taking some time for yourself. So sitting in stillness, reading, writing, moving, going for a walk, um, sitting in your car for an extra five minutes with like engine off, just you and your little car bubble before you have to go into a meeting or a dinner or whatever you're doing. Like you can take five minutes to yourself just to like be and that can kind of help reground you and recenter you on what makes you feel good. So Like I said, you can get this workbook in the show notes below, print it out or do it on your computer or whatever you want, and let me know how it goes. Let me know how your tracking is going and what improvements you're making. I would love to hear these things. I would love to know what's working for you so that I can share other ideas with people besides my own experiences because that's all that I have is my own experience. So let me know what works for you. Let me know what ideas you have, what challenges you have, and download the workbook and check it out.
I hope this episode is helpful for you. I hope you sleep well and you wake well and your days are nice and lovely. And if you ever need a pick-me-up, which I think we all do, my favorite pick-me-up is Lovely Day by Bill Withers. I play this song almost daily and I just think it's really sweet. So I have a playlist that I'm working on called Happy Magic. I think that's what I'm calling it. Let me pull it up. Um, it's on Spotify. Oh yes, it's called Happy Magic. So I'm <laughs> creating this playlist called Happy Magic and it's all of these songs that make me just feel really like light and happy and they're kind of like pick-me-up songs. So you can go follow that if you want. There's only like six songs on it right now, but Lovely Day is on there. I love Bill Withers' Lovely Day. I think it's a lovely song. So with that, go on and find your routine, craft what will make you feel good, and stay true to what you want, and don't let anyone change your schedule or make you feel bad about wanting to go to bed at 9.30 or wake up at 5. It's your life, and do what makes you feel good. Until next week, I hope you have lovely days. <laughs> LOL, I can't stop now. And um, yeah, I'll see you then. Bye.